Welcome from the deep, I'm Mike Finder. And I'm Batman. And his name is Brett. You can see his name down there. See that? Batman. His name is Book of Batman. And today, we're going to be talking <laughs> about the 1988 film, Die Hard. Yeah, we are! Brett and I have a little bit of a history with this movie as far as arguing in the past about whether or not Die Hard is a, f- is a Christmas movie. And it totally, because it totally is. And, and, and in the past, I have said that, uh, no, it's it's not. And you're f***ing dumb for thinking otherwise. Well, then and you think our viewers who think that are dumb, too. Uh, no, just you. Well, that doesn't work. I just don't like you. That's all it is. No, I know, <laughs> but logically it doesn't work. I'm okay with you not liking me. I've oh, okay, said that like, like 20 fucking years ago. Good, good, good. You, you can't just shit on the viewers, though. I'm not shitting on the viewers, only you. Anyway, I would like to get down to brass tacks here and talk a little bit about Die Hard. We're going to review the movie, and we're going to talk about whether this is a Christmas movie or not. Now, it's going to be short because it is. Before we get into this, I want to do just a little bit of housekeeping here. If you're only listening to us on your favorite podcast app, make sure you go check out the YouTube page from The Deep, where you can find all sorts of content on that page that is not going to make it over to the podcast page. Also, and I'm glad you reminded me about this last time because we don't usually bring this up. The YouTube page gets our podcasts one week earlier than the podcast feed does. And that's we do that simply to just keep some sort of exclusivity on the YouTube page for at least a week. So it gives you more of a reason to go check out. Go Like he, like he said last time, please go watch us. Please. Yeah. Well, and because as our good friend Jonas said, you won't get to see my beautiful face. If you that's, just listen to us, not what he and said. It really, really, this this podcast is about my beautiful face. That's what it's really always been about. We talk about movies all the time, but really, who wants to miss this? And if you're only watching us on YouTube, make sure you go check out our podcast over on any of your podcast apps that you favor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and the like. And I'm starting to realize, why would anyone do any of that? Because of what's happening here today. Because I'm, bitch, I'm beautiful. Dead meme. So, today we're gonna be talking about Die Hard. Now, this is only my second time ever watching this movie, so uh, give give me your synopsis, because you've been watching this since you were a child. I will approve or disapprove. And we will move on. Uh, Yes, Die Hard is the story of how over the course of 35 years, Bruce Willis kills Alan Rickman, RIP. Oh, too soon. No, not too soon. Uh, No, Die Hard is a story about John McClane. I don't even really think I need to give a synopsis to this. I mean, even if you don't like the movie, you probably know what it's about. But John McClane is invited to Los Angeles by his bitch of a wife. Uh, to their Christmas party for her company where uh, Alan Rickman and his cronies come and take over a tower for nothing more than what, a few hundred thousand million dollars. Isn't it $600 million? $640 million right. in negotiable bearer bonds yeah, and apparently samurai armor. Yeah, and- I was so amused by that. It doubles as the personal collection of the CEO. Also, before we get super into this, we also saw this in the theater, which is kind of where this is coming from. We both were able to catch this at a matinee with multiple other people. And so we had a very different experience 
watching this than we usually would just watching this at home. Mm-hmm. Um, and frankly, I had a lot of fun being in a theater with other people watching an older 80s movie like this. Oh, that is good for you. I did not. Why? Um, I did the. I, I don't know if it's the theater that I go to, uh, the fact that it's cheap tickets mixed with the fact that you can get alcohol there, but it's like, dude, people were having like individual conversations. Uh, I was really hoping for people to be like, yay! Like, dude, when, when the title card popped up, I was the only one that went. Yeah, dude, I had the exact opposite experience. People were cheering and clapping and screaming and the whole thing, but they were not, like, doing it in a way that was getting in the way of me watching it. They they were I all super to- on board to watch Die Hard in a theater, which was very fucking cool. Well, like the two guys next to me were having like, I mean, it was a quiet conversation. I will say this, the theater I went to, the volume, the, the volume was low too. And so I'm starting to think that the, the theater I go to that I'm not going to call out, I'm starting to think that maybe it's like a budget theater. And so it, it, it appeals to people that aren't really going for a, a movie going experience. Now, we, I, I did get people that were like, like people that obviously love the movie and like when, um, like at the scene where he's like, this is a, this is Christmas music when Argyle says that in the limo at the very beginning, the guy, the, the, one of the guys on my other side did say it along with him. So there were people in the theater that were into it, but I was hoping more for what um, Marvel fans get when they go see the shitty crap they like to watch. And I didn't get that in this. So um, so you had unrealistic expectations and were let I down by I might have had unrealistic expectations. expectations. Well, you know, my, the, the, the way society acts should align with the way I think. Well, and that didn't happen. What's very Shame funny. Shame on everyone else. Well, what's very funny about that is I pretty much got that experience. You're a bastard. I didn't even, you know, I admittedly, I'm not that big of a fan of action movies in general. And right. like I said earlier, this is only the second time I've ever seen this movie ever. So I don't have a whole lot of nostalgia attached to it in the same it's way a theater that, movie, that though, right? everybody else seemed to in the theater. It is wildly different watching this in the theater than it is watching it at home. And I will say I enjoyed it a lot more this time because we saw it in the theater. And this goes back to something we were talking about. Was that the Sacrifice Game episode? It was it was recent where we were talking about how you get a different experience and a different perspective on a movie whenever you watch it, not only with other people, but in a big on a big screen in a different setting. Yeah. Well, that's that's true too, and and that's the thing is I still really enjoyed seeing this in a theater. I want to make I want to make that clear. Yeah. Like 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 the the preconceived notion of what other people should be doing <laughs> that I wanted other people to do by no means ruined this experience. Except the two t- next to me that wouldn't shut the fuck up. <laughs> I haven't heard the word t- in like fifteen years. <laughs> <laughs> Let's jump over to the podcast drive-in here and see what they're saying about it. 
Uh, Die Hard from 1988. It's rated R. It's two hours and 12 minutes. It looks like he's making fart noises right there. It does look like he's like, oh, I shit myself. (laughs) This was directed by John McTiernan. McTiernan? Is that right? McLean. No. John McTiernan. No, his name is John McClane. Okay. And it was written by Roderick Thorpe, Jeb Stewart, and Stephen E. de Souza. Roderick always sounds like a Lord of the Rings character to me. Yeah, especially when it's followed up by Thorpe. Uh, (laughs) And you better be English or British if your name's Roderick. And this obviously stars Bruce Willis and Alan Rickman. And it has an eight point two. Bonnie Bedelia. It has an it's eight got point. Bonnie Bedelia. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Um, and and this has an eight point two out of ten on IMDb. And the one sentence synopsis says a New York City police officer tries to save his estranged wife and several others taken hostage by terrorists during a Christmas party at the Nakatomi Plaza in L.A. Nakatomi. So, okay, what we want to do here is talk about whether we like this or not. Obviously, everyone kind of knows what Die Hard is, but then what we're going to do is really get into the meat and potatoes and talk about if this is actually a fucking Christmas movie. So why don't you give me your overall thoughts on Die Hard when everybody knows what it is, all right? Die Hard's fantastic. Like, it's, 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 it's amazing. It's great. Die Hard is, Die Hard is a, an awesome 80s action Christmas movie. Bruce Willis is awesome as John McClane. Uh, he the the thing the thing I have always liked about Die Hard is it came out at a time when you had these like over the top action heroes, and he's very like grounded as far as his his character goes. Like his character gets beat up like a lot of other superheroes of the air action heroes of the 80s did but it slows him down at times it affects the way he is operating rather than getting shot and just soldiering on uh that's the thing i have always liked about john mcclain is it's a or at least in die hard one Die Hard 2 and onwards he starts going in they start really going into that like over the top action hero that you know we're kind of used to seeing um but that's my favorite part about Die Hard is it's a you, you get this like more grounded representation of an action hero in Die Hard um I mean we've got Alan Rickman being Alan Rickman he's great in this Alan Rickman is absolutely phenomenal in this but that's because Alan Rickman is always good Alan Rickman, I've never seen Alan Rickman and not liked what he was doing, even if he was in a movie that I wasn't crazy about. Yeah, I mean, I agree with that. Um, You know, I I think that this is a classic for a reason. I don't have the same nostalgia for it as everybody else in the world seems to. I feel about Die Hard kind of the same way I feel about Star Wars where it's like you just hate joy though no, so that's, that's not, not really fair I do but that's not that's not my point my point is like uh, everybody You're seems like, to love Star Wars a lot and I watch it and I'm like oh, yeah this is this is pretty good I guess and and I watch Die Hard and I feel kind of the same way where I'm like yeah this is this is pretty good and a lot of it is because I'm not looking through the, the lenses of uh nostalgia at it so 
like I said, this is my second time to watch it and I enjoyed it a lot. I had a lot more fun with it this time than I did last time. And a lot of that is because we saw this in theaters. It was a lot of fun to see everybody else's reaction to this and, and, you know, jokes really landing and people getting really invested in the characters and what they were doing. Like you said, it does all the things affecting him is, is pretty different, especially for late eighties, early nineties action movies. If we go back and watch stuff like a Schwarzenegger movie, it's kind of that way where, you know, he gets shot at and shot at and shot at, and he just walks around not really being affected by the things that are happening to him. And I think that's, you know, what this movie does really well, but it's also too goddamn long. It's Mike, way too goddamn long for what it is. You're, 90 you're minutes like, would have been more than enough for Die you're Hard. Like, you're like Scrooge with the social standing of Bob Cratchit. I don't know what that means. You're just angry. You don't like joy. Happiness eludes you. It, while, while you just sit at the bottom. This feels really mean. But all right. See what I deal with? Like this fucking... This guy is just mean to me all the time. And I don't yeah. do anything to deserve it. And he just... He's, he's, he pokes and prods all the time, and I don't do anything to deserve it. So anyway, Die Hard. <laughs> oh, that's right. We were talking about Die right. Hard. Sorry. We turned into a therapy <laughs> session, a couple's therapy <laughs> session there for a second. My bad. But no, die, you know, this is fun. I don't think it's anything phenomenal, but Careful. it's a lot of fun. Oh. And I, I just don't, I don't, dude, I, I, it's, it's good, but I don't get the obsession. I don't get it the same way. I don't get the obsession with star Wars or any other countless things that the entire world seems to love where I'm just like, I do not get it. It's almost like you're the one who's wrong. I am not saying that I'm not because apparently if we just go by numbers, I am, I am wrong. But again, I like this. I just don't think that it's anything phenomenal. And frankly, being two over two hours long it's, I'm just by the end so ready for it to be over <laughs> that I just, I don't know, dude. I'm, I know that I, no one else in the world feels this way. I get it. But it's just, I was sitting in that theater having fun for the first hour and a half and the last 45 minutes of it just keeps going and going and I was just ready for it to be over. Well, but you know, they had a, they had a budget to stretch out. What? I said they had a budget to stretch out. I, I Yeah, and it, I mean, I was sitting there thinking, like, there are entire, like, multiple entire scenes I could cut, and we could still end up with the exact same experience that we have. And I mean, you, you could cut out a lot with the Johnson not twins. I will agree yeah, with that. Um, also, uh, you know, the, the shoehorned in plot with the cop at the end where he, where he gains his... <laughs> The ability to shoot people again, like it feels, it feels real shoehorned in there at the end well, because of the had, one line that he says about it earlier. I don't he know had something to protect. I get it, you know. I, I get it. Um, and at least it wasn't a child. Uh, that's true, but I would have really have liked to have seen a flashback of that happening. <laughs> that would have been and, hilarious. And, and, <laughs> and to be fair, it was an Anglican white man. I mean, he kind of had it coming. Well, there you go. That's a take. Um, so anyway, uh, yeah, this is worth watching and it's good. And so now we can talk about why we're really here. Is Die Hard a Christmas movie? Yeah. 
You know what? So anyway, if you like the episode, go ahead and hit that like. <laughs> you know what? After watching this in theaters, it's a Christmas movie. Yeah! Yeah! Woo! I paid so much more attention to it this time than I did last time. And so I caught all of the score specifically, which is what really sold it for me, where they take these Christmas songs and turn them into a score fit for the scenario happening. And it's subtle, but it fucking works. And that can was the least, thing that really sold me on it. Can you, can, can we admit that it's written really well? What the score, the movie, just in general. Oh, um, I think the writing was really, yeah, really good. I'm, like, like every time I watch it, I, 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 I'm, I'm blown away by the symbolism that we have. Not like symbolism in like a really like existential sense, but as far as like how there's like a lot of little things like, like this, the script of this hits the beats of the script dead on, regardless of length. Like the beat, it hits those beats. Really, really well, I think. Yeah, I mean, the pacing itself is pretty good considering it's a two-hour and 12-minute movie. It, it, right. The pacing is pretty good. And the script okay. is pretty good, too. I like the banter uh, between all the different characters. I think it's really interesting and fun to watch. And you set it on top of the, the background Christmas thing that they've got going on and it's it really only decorations that's really all well, it is but well it's 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 decorations it's it's macabre christmas jokes it's uh christmas music um and even the director and the writer have said it is absolutely a christmas movie yeah but what did bruce willis say about it bruce willis can go fuck himself and to be to be fair he probably doesn't even remember making this movie at this point Okay, that's not nice. <laughs> that's not sorry. nice at I'm all. Sorry. <laughs> There's a line and you crossed it. That was that was the line being crossed. I, you know what I've noticed? I've noticed that here recently, the line of what I say off camera has bled so profusely into what I've said on camera. And there's no guilt or shame. I'm not trying to guilt or shame you. I'm just saying it makes you a bad person. That's all. I don't care. <laughs> all right. Well, it's a Christmas movie. You wore me down. And so I guess let's rate Die Hard. <laughs> That's it. I, I, what else do we say about it? It's, 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 a, mean, it's, a, it's a cop movie where what, the guy shoots well, and kills well, everybody. How about what changed your mind? Like, like because you've, I know you paid more attention to it before, yeah. but before, what made you think it wasn't a Christmas movie before? Well, I mean, if we, if we really break this down, what makes a Christmas movie is um, the thing being about Christmas or Christmas tying into the story more than the first 12 minutes. Um, it does. Does it, though, really? Well, yeah. I mean, like, like an hour and a half or like two hours in, the little girl's on on camera going, "I want my mommy and daddy to come home for Christmas." <laughs> See, but that's that's like bare minimum shit. 
I don't, no, I, that's like the ultimatum now. Like once she says that, it's like okay, now we have to get through this. But to she, get home for she, Christmas. The, they my have favorite to get part about home for Christmas. My favorite like part Jonathan about that scene Taylor is Taylor Thomas. They have to get home that's for a, Christmas. Fucking yuck. Uh, my favorite part about that scene is Alan Rickman doesn't even seem to notice that that's happening or put the pieces together until afterwards. And the little girl being on TV doesn't even play a part in why he puts those pieces together of who his wife is. It plays zero. It has zero impact as to Alan Rickman figuring out that McLean's wife is within his grasp. Oh, fuck, you're right. <laughs> like, it literally happens for no reason. <laughs> That's my, a really good my, point. my thought when, that, when, I ha- when I had that realization, I was like, I, why did we even need to see her again? I mean, I, I guess it's to really drive home the point that they have kids at home that, and that's an important thing that they don't want to get killed to get back to. But I, but we already knew that anyway. Well, yeah. I mean, let's I just, be honest. They, 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 they don't need Bruce Willis. Bonnie Bedelia is making all the money. Yeah. And he hasn't been around for six months anyway. Well, because he's in New York. Protecting well, I know why. People. I'm just saying like, they don't need him in general. They've been doing just fine without him. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> So I don't know. I just don't. I, I, I yes, it's a Christmas movie because of all of the Christmas music, the decorations. When it takes place, it happens to be the story revolves around everybody being at a Christmas party. But it just doesn't feel. I don't get the 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 want to like watch this next year just so because it's Christmas. You won't be buying it in 4K. No. Looks really, really good in 4K. I know, I'm sure it does. I just don't have any interest in owning Die Hard in 4K. I don't even think I own it in general now that I'm thinking about it. That's it's actually better that you don't, considering you've seen it twice. I mean that's fair. I I feel like had I had I seen this laying around somewhere for a couple bucks, I would have picked it up on Blu-ray or something, but I barely barely never did that. It's just every comment out of your mouth is fucking Garbage. What? You know what? I don't you know what you've done. I don't know what. <laughs> you know what you've done. I will say this. Uh, here, here is one thing that it made me realize. I would rather them re-release old movies in theaters moving forward than ever see another sequel, prequel, or comic book movie. I mean, I I would rather them do this all day long. I'm really, t- I'm really torn on one. this because it feels like the reason they started doing this is because the writers strike and the actors strike and they had to put stuff in theaters over the summer and they realized that they can make millions just re-releasing old movies and the theaters are willing to do it because they sell popcorn and shit. Everybody yeah. in that theater had a large popcorn and a large soda and candy, except me. I didn't, I didn't need anything. It was kind of weird. Yeah, I, I brought in my own heroin. Um, well, considering the theater that you go to, that was probably on brand. Oh, dude, um, it was just yeah. It, I'm, I'm, I'm telling, I'm telling you, <laughs> I gotta. I, I, and what this really made me want to do is, since I do love Die Hard so much, it actually made me think. Okay, this might actually be a good movie to test out going to other theaters because I've never tested the same movie at other theaters 
because that's fucking expensive. And I think it might, but now more than my, ever. Tic- my ticket was so cheap at this one. I paid $7 to go see this. Dude, it's so weird you say that. I've been watching a lot of old um, Siskel and Ebert reviews, like on YouTube. Mm-hmm. And I watched one the other day where they were talking about the, the this was from the late 70s. They were talking about the, the recent price raise of tickets in theaters to $9. <laughs> And so you paid less to go to see this movie than people were paying for tickets in 1978, I think is when that fucking episode was from. So Yeah, but where were they watching it at? I mean, well, Cisco Neighbor uh, in like what, LA or New York? Yeah, they were they were in LA. Yeah. Yeah. So I cuz I remember going and seeing movies in the theaters uh back when I lived in California and my parents talking about I can't believe that tickets are $10. Um, well, and that's the thing. The theater I go to, the they're, they're 14 to 18, Yeah, like, easily. So that's, that's why I'm saying, though, this, I think, will be a good movie to test that out on because I have felt in the past that the audio wasn't quite right, that the picture quality wasn't quite right. Like, the last several movies I've seen in the theater, which have all been at this same theater, um, I go and watch them, and I'm like, dude, these look so much better on my TV. Yeah, I mean... I actually, I didn't notice that at all. I I half expected to walk into this theater and them just be playing a Blu-ray. Like I really did expect that. It's it's a fair uh, given the state of the industry. That is a perfectly reasonable expectation. But it was film and it looked fucking incredible. The theater I was in, it looked really damn good. And it, dude, seeing like eighties grain like film grain on the big screen was awesome because every movie you go to now is so crystal clear and it doesn't have any grain, even at night. It's the object of every cinematographer at this point to be as clean looking as possible all the time, always, always, always. And seeing a movie, so much of this movie is dark and grainy and, and just not perfect looking that it, dude, it's, it's great. It was so Mm -hmm. cool to see an eighties movie on the fucking big screen. So I'm torn on this whole re-releasing movies into the theaters thing, because on one hand, like a few months ago, I was telling you, I went to go see terrifier in the, in the theater. The first time I watched that was on streaming by myself in a dark room and seeing it in a room full of people that went, that purposely went to go see terrifier in a theater, knowing full well, what it was, was a complete different fucking experience than just watching it alone and it was and it made that movie so much more fun and less intense and shit seeing it with all those other people because everybody was collectively having fun with it whereas when you watch something alone or even with someone else alone in your house it just you don't get that same experience so i'm i'm really torn on the whole re-releasing shit because they could just do this forever and not make new movies and continue to milk millions out of people so well yeah but again i'm i'm not saying that i don't want them to make new movies Right. Because I, I, I would love for people to make new movies, but they're still not doing that. And w- if it's between going and seeing another comic book movie, another prequel, another sequel, I would rather go see this kind of thing with people that already have an attachment to it from year. And don't get me wrong, I know that there are boutique theaters out there that do that. Um, but 
I would rather go see movies that I love in the theater um, than just another shit pile being well, vomited this, this out is, by Hollywood. This is the thing, though, is it opens them up. Like, I just looked on my... On no, the, you're right. On the AMC the app. is not good. Right now, they're playing Die Hard, Elf, Christmas Vacation, Dr. Seuss's The Grinch, the animated one that came out a few years ago, The Polar Express. Uh, actually, that, that looks like it may be it. Um, but th there's are multiple fucking movies in the theater that I go to on a regular basis, all being played at the same time during Christmas to just because they're because nobody's making good Christmas movies coming out well, theatrically anyway. Well, that's true, but I don't consider the other ones you just listed off. Maybe Polar Express, uh, despite the hauntingly scary animation. Um, I don't consider those to be like theater movies. There's nothing I'm going to get in a theater out of those because there's not the impact. There aren't the moments of people connecting and um, expressing themselves like with Die Hard. Um, or Terrifier. But, or Terrifier. <laughs> yeah, ex exactly. But like, dude, like think about it, like, like Jurassic Park, that's a theater movie. Yeah. And I would go see the original Jurassic Park in a theater again. I would totally do that. I did. Um, I did do that when they released it for what was it, the thirtieth anniversary or whatever. Yeah. So I, I actually, um, to uh, date myself here, I I saw the original Jurassic Park in a double feature with. Would you like to guess what dumpster fire of a '90s movie I got to see in a double feature with Jurassic Park when I was a kid? Dude, I don't know. Falling down. <laughs> You think, as a seven-year-old, my parents took me to see Jurassic Park. I saw Falling Down fall, way too early. I don't know. Fall, fall, <laughs> yeah, no, you and Brittany both. I am surrounded by people that saw movies <coughs> way too well, early. We had HBO also and Showtime and all those all the, the box movies. Uh, so I was seeing stuff with no one having any idea that I was watching them way too early. So latchkey kids. I mean, it wasn't even that. I just had okay. a fucking TV in my room and I would just watch whatever. It was also to, why I would watch Showtime at night way too early, too. To bring this back around, I saw Jurassic Park in a double feature with the Mario Brothers movie. The oh, the one with John Leguizamo. Yes. Oh, shit. And you know what? You I know never would have guessed that. I loved it as a kid. I loved it. And then I rewatched it and I went, oh, that's what everyone's talking about. What do you mean? Everyone hates that movie. Why? I think it's fun. I don't know. Because Bowser isn't Bowser. <clears throat> I mean, it's, for the most it's part, fun. I had fun with it when I was a kid. It didn't look like what I was expecting a Mario movie to look like. And, no. and on that same note, had we gotten something like what came out this year, that Mario's that Mario Brothers movie that came out this year when we mm -hmm. were kids, my fucking head would have exploded. Yeah, that's true. Uh, the, the sad part is, is none of those kids give a shit about Mario. <laughs> that's also true. <laughs> This is this so, is again, and we could have, we we could have a whole episode on this, but therein lies the issue with a putting Chris Pratt in everything, and b not putting real voice actors into animated movies anymore. Uh, you know he's the new Garfield. Of course he is. 
That'll be great. He's like, hey, I'm, I'm Garfield. I eat lasagna. Yeah, because Bill Murray wiped it from his memory. My, one of my favorite movie quotes of all time <clears throat> is, is Zombieland, where, where they go, do you have any regrets? And, he, and Bill Murray's sitting there dying, and he goes, maybe Garfield. <laughs> 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 but, I mean, all of this ties into what we're talking about. I don't know if re-releasing movies to the big screen is a good idea or not. On that same note, I will continue to go see the ones that I am interested in with if they continue to do this shit. What's also interesting, when I was at the theater, uh, I saw a poster for they're doing like anime nights now where they're like putting out Paprika and, you know, uh, Miyazaki movies and and all that stuff, like just in the theater for people to go see at random times. And and all of this is probably just a ploy to get people back into a theater, regardless of how much money they're going to milk out of them. I don't know if this is coming from Hollywood or the theaters themselves going, let's re-release this shit. Everyone can make money off of it. But I am genuinely yeah. torn here on whether this is a good thing or not, because it sets a precedent for this being the thing that when they are not making any money on new movies, cough, cough, Disney, cough, cough, will just release mm. a whole bunch of old shit and we'll make money anyway. And none of us need to be creative or make new things. Dude, I so saw I don't, the, I don't know how to feel about it. I saw a um, a preview for the new Aquaman movie, and all I could think was, "You're still doing this, huh?" J- J- Jason Momoa and his cardboard delivery are still swimming yeah. under the sea, huh? I am a sack of potatoes. I mean, Aquaman. <laughs> 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 yeah, and what's hilarious about that trailer is Amber Heard is in like three frames of that trailer. Good. Fuck her. Fuck her. <laughs> it's no. Just, no, it's I'm not, just I, like, we'll, we'll put Ezra we Miller as the Flash with his fucking name and lights. But yeah. it, whatever. It doesn't matter. So, all right. Grape is fine, Mike. Well, let's, I guess let's rate Die Hard. I guess. Is that something anyone is interested in? Rate Die Hard I and am. tell me your final thoughts. Nine out of ten. Oh, my God. Die Hard really? gets a nine out of ten. That's for too me. high. It's got, yeah, you're too high. <laughs> uh, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, I mean, dude, it's, it, it's fun. It's well written. It's well acted. The cinematography is amazing. It's a good movie. The, the, the mechanics of a good movie are in here. And I have a lot of nostalgia attached to it. I own it in three formats. And I love Die Hard. That's the funny thing, though. Upon watching it in theaters, I noticed little things that I haven't noticed before, which, like, like along the lines of, like, the, the the news thing. I, not that I noticed that until Mike just broke my brain a few minutes ago, but there were things in here that I did notice and I was like, like, like the samurai armor in a multinational corporation's vault. I, 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 I don't know why that's in America is my issue there. Uh, if they're going to have that. He's not I from get, America, Brett. It's to I really help drive point the <laughs> drive home the point that he's not from there and he runs that company. So therefore, he, he holds the... personal treasures in the vault. 
But he Come doesn't on. run the whole company. He even says that the, it's all based in Japan. Oh, that's true. You're but right. the yeah. vault is apparently his library, and he's just got <laughs> his trinkets and collectibles yeah. in there. It would it would be like me taking all of my busts and movies and keeping them at my office on the north end of town. Yeah, I mean, you could do that. They'd be safer there, probably. What do you, well, that's, that's because I live in the ghetto. That's not the point, though. <laughs> All right, well, I. So 9 out of 10. I am. 9 out of 10. And Mike gives it a 9 out of 10, too. He doesn't even need to tell you. Episode over. You're fucking welcome. So for me. Mm -hmm. um, I rated this way higher than I probably should have, considering how I feel about it. I think that this, yeah, it's a Christmas movie, barely, uh, but it is a Christmas movie. Uh, I think it is fun. The dialogue's great. The cinematography's great. The action stuff is awesome and really fun. I think that the explosions and all the spectacle of the whole fucking movie is very cool. I like John McClane as a, as a character. I, he doesn't, you know, he's deep as a puddle, but we don't need him well, to have some great big story arc of where he comes no. around. You know, he has a little bit of self-realization where he, you know, he figures out he's been kind of an asshole to his wife. Uh, he and does that's, have more depth than like Rambo. Yes. Well, no, actually, if you go back and watch the, if you watch the first Rambo, there's a lot of depth in that last monologue. I need Remember, to do that. Yeah, dude, you did. You did. You did a really good review on that on your channel. Yeah, um, and it made me want to go back and watch Rambo. That movie, uh, we won't go into it, but there's a lot of depth in that first Rambo. The sequels are are a different story. But as far as this goes, you know, Turns. I don't need John McClane to be a super deep character because he's just running yeah. around saving people and killing terrorists. And so, all in all, it's really fun. And I rated this an eight out of ten. Nice. And Coming around. like I said, I think that's way higher than it deserves because it's two hours and 12 minutes. You, that's you my, don't get, no, you, my no, no, biggest no, no. issue no, with no, this. Shut the, fuck up, shut the fuck up, shut the fuck up, shut the fuck up. You don't get to give a subjective rating and then also shoot down that rating. No, 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 I'm not doing that. I'm just saying my only real issue with this movie is that it's too fucking long. It's way too long. Just, you just can't let things be nice. There's you, a reason just, I didn't rate it a 9 or a 10, and that's why, because it's too fucking long. That's the whole reason? Yes! It so, just so, keeps so by, going, so logic, and people so just keep droning on and on and on about the same shit that we... It's just... It's, so by it's that an logic, if it wasn't that long, you'd give it a 10 out of 10. If, if the pacing was better, we cut a lot of the scenes out that we really don't fucking need... Um, clean up some of the dialogue in places. Yeah, it would be a nine or a ten for me. Yeah. Could you could you say other than the pacing and or other than the time, it's a nine or a ten? Could you just say that sentence for me? <laughs> no. So I can cut it out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, I'm not gonna say that. All right. Well, uh, if you like this, make sure you hit the like button. If you really liked it, make sure you hit the subscribe button because we got a lot more content like this on this channel. Uh, like I poor. said, if if you're listening to this on Spotify, why don't you go ahead and give us a rating? That really helps us out a lot, as well as Apple Podcasts or any of those other podcast apps. It really helps us a lot if you give us a five star rating. If that's how you're feeling about it, if not, give us a one and go fuck yourself. So, and for the 500 <laughs> subscriber, Mike will give you a hand job. Let's get to 500. Let's get, 
let's get those sexual activities on the go. I'm willing to do it. It's fine. Whatever. Um, no, we can't. We can't say that because YouTube will be like, "You're every sexual favorite." I'm the Mr. McGoo of websites. Me, 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 me. My Mike the Finder, shitty gigolo. <laughs> so, all right. Well, if you got Jeff all the way. Schneider. <laughs> So if you got all the way to the end of this, we super really fucking appreciate it. Uh, make sure you hit the subscribe button on the YouTube channel. We really appreciate all the new people that have been coming around, seeing all the good stuff. Uh, and we will see you guys next time from the deep. Uh, bye-bye. Ta-ta.